I'm Suzanne and your host for the IEEE EMC Society podcast, the podcast to discuss interesting topics on electromagnetic compatibility to our technical community. In this issue, we will talk with Mike Violet. Mike is CEO of Washington Laboratories, a global compliance test laboratory that offers testing, engineering and technical advisory in the field of EMC. Hello, Mike. Oh, hello, Suzanne. Thank you for hosting this podcast. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for being my guest today. We will be talking about how the innovation of 5G is challenging EMC. So what are your thoughts about that, Mike? Well, I was trying to put together what EMC and 5G mean. And in our society, in our community, there's about five different areas where EMC strongly overlaps and influences the development of 5G. They are design, we have the uh, SIPI community, signal integrity, power integrity community. We have people that are involved with deployment of 5G systems, which is mostly spectrum access and frequency allocations and making sure that uh, transmissions through the air are, are uninterrupted. There's also a tremendous amount of growth of wireless in EMC, and that harks back to my last comment. Another growing area with ha which has a lot of attention um, in industry and, and business and homes and in our, in our smart grid and other types of infrastructure is Internet of Things applications. And then finally, the last piece that kind of makes sense to me between these things is the EMC and 5G regulatory issues for market access. How do you put something on the market and make sure that it's acceptable for that kind of deployment? And each one of these things could be a day longer or even longer lecture discussion, but I just want to kind of hit the tops of the waves here, so to speak, and uh, see how we can go forward. Yeah, people ask, what is 5G? Well, it's the fifth generation of mobile computing, in a sense. And we've gone through one, two, three, four, G and LTE, and now we're converging on, on 5G. But in essence, uh, there's a lot of technical esoterica there, but mostly it leads, uh, leads to higher bandwidth. And this means high data rates for delivery of video and communications technologies. One of the critical things with uh, 5G is what's called lower latency in the network. So if you've got a uh, activity um, something that's on the network and it needs to respond quickly, such as an automobile, the latency issue must come down uh, quite a bit, quite dramatically in order to avoid uh, catastrophic results. The other thing that's occurring in the 5G world is the increased amount of spectrum for these types of uses. Uh, a lot of uh, spectrum now is being allocated and used in the six gigahertz range. Uh, worldwide and also in the millimeter wave or very high frequency gigahertz range. And really what 5G is, is communications plus plus. It's not just transferring information, but it's connecting sensors, virtual reality applications. There's a big deployment and machine to machine types of communications. So we live in a world of uh, all kinds of uh, radio frequency emissions, radio frequency disturbances, and part of our job in the EMC community is to try to get a hold of that to make sure that things operate properly in their in their intended environment. That's and it doesn't uh, disturb the environment. 
So along the lines of uh, 5G and EMC is the Internet of Things, and there's a lot of Internet of all kinds of different uh, connectivities that are occurring now in the IoT space. Vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communications, um, machine-to-machine -machine communications, and what is interesting to me anyway is the way it's developing a expansion of uh, cloud computing uh, in, into networks so the information can be conveyed and conveyed in, a, in an efficient manner. But in the end, there's EMC throughout all of these, uh, all of these aspects. And one of the things that's driving uh, EMC and 5G is the tremendous growth in the connection of machines predicted that uh, this year alone there'll be something like 3.3 billion machine-to-machine -machine connections uh, that are rely on the Internet of Things and more increasingly on, on 5G communication rates and data rates. And related to that growth is uh, millions of connected wearables. And many of us wear a, uh, a Bluetooth type of thing for exercise or for other monitoring health applications. And it's estimated that something like a billion machine uh, wearable connections are now connected to the internet. And what, what we see in the lab and our community, community communities is the pace of the advancing technology in the radio frequency space in particular. An explosion of licensed devices, which include things like mobile phones and emergency service radios, as well as the unlicensed world, which are Things like Bluetooth radios or Wi-Fi access points, these kinds of things. And one of the big drivers of this is Wi-Fi. Since, since 2002, it's estimated that 12 billion Wi-Fi enabled devices have been deployed. And another 3 billion was it, were shipped in 2018 and doubled again in 2020. So we know that there's Wi-Fi everywhere and this is driving a lot of the communications explosion. So we have different types of uh, common wireless technologies that get deployed uh, quite readily in 5G and in some of the um, earlier legacy uh, applications such as frequency hopping spread spectrum, direct sequence spread spectrum, uh, orthogonal frequency domain modulations. And one of the things that's very interesting is uh, multiple input, multiple output types of applications or in many cases can be a beam steering type of application. And this allows you to uh, what essentially have spectrum reuse, because if you can control the path of radiation in a certain direction, you can use the same channel as a neighbor and not interfere with them. So some of the common wireless technologies include Bluetooth, Bluetooth low energy, uh, using uh, G GFSK modulation, and it's, uh, again, allowing a lot of connectivity between things as mundane as speakers and as important as health applications. We have a client that has an insulin pump solution and the uh, patient can put a, a dose of insulin in a wearable device that communicates with a, a portable uh, um, a type of uh, mobile application. And this allows the uh, patient to have consistent delivery of, of insulin uh, so they don't underdose or overdose and they can keep track of what's, uh, what's going on with their health system. And this is all a Bluetooth enabled type of device, really fascinating. Yeah, that's really so, interesting and that's uh, pretty much, um, well, probably common as well for the future. 
more, more and more common, people having wearable devices in particular to monitor their health, um, you know, to uh, stay in touch with other people. We have uh, another client we're working with that uh, <clears throat> the device is a uh, accelerometer sensor and it might be worn by a soldier and if there's a maybe a IED or some explosion or some other thing nearby that causes a great impact wave it can uh, monitor control that and and inform the soldier that perhaps they need to uh, uh, go get some uh, treatment some medical treatment and so this is a, another Bluetooth type of application that connects the soldier now who's on the battlefield to his, his own body and his own health status. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that's really interesting that's coming uh, more into our shop here are uh, different types of antenna configurations. So the old days, um, you know, you have a single input, single output type of antenna. This might be a simple walkie-talkie or something like that. And now they're adding more radio channels so you can have multiple streams of radio information, or we call it the multiple input, multiple output. And what this uh, allows the uh, radio system to do is to um, overcome uh, interference or path blockage in a uh, crowded environment. So there's always an extra uh, radio frequency path. And the, the continued part of that is that uh, phased array systems can uh, control the uh, electronic uh, steering of those multiple input, multiple output devices, and again, make more efficient use of the spatial spectrum. One of the fascinating things that uh, we're involved with as an industry is a millimeter wave. And we're talking about the devices that operate above nominally 40 gigahertz. And there's allocations now that are being explored uh, for unlicensed use up to 1,000 gigahertz and potentially higher. And the fascinating thing about that is that you can get tremendous bandwidth out of those uh, frequency ranges because the, the, uh, the, the frequency is so high. And as we get higher and higher in frequency, more and more data rates and more and more applications of this type of high data, low latency sort of communications um, uh, can take advantage of millimeter waves. I think there's a lot going on, Suzanne, in Europe in this area where they are exploring more and more communication paths uh, using these uh, high frequencies. Uh, can be deployed locally. They have um, mobile, mobile phones now that have 5G capability, which is a broadband type of connectivity. And so this improves the reliability of uh, people's uh, cellular networks. A little bit about millimeter wave because we do this in the lab and one thing is the measurements are definitely more tricky because the beam widths are small and the powers are relatively low and in test equipment scenarios the sensitivities are a challenge. The other thing that's occurring is I mentioned more allocations that are coming in this in this uh, fre frequency space is that there are so-called incumbent users such as uh, radio astronomers and uh, other uh, observation satellites that use these high frequencies to image either space or your Earth. And so there's a little bit of a tug-of-war between the commercial applications that want to explore this or exploit this and the, the uh, people that need to make extremely sensitive measurements looking into, looking into space or looking down at Earth. So the first part of this section here, um, you know, 
IoT is not just wireless, it's also wired, as you put, you still need to have cable in the ground, and fiber optic particularly. Uh, it's, uh, 5G is wireless and wired, and there's implications at the device and network level. And as I mentioned before, this brings into uh, the use of more cloud computing, more fog computing. And so it's really an interesting mix of technologies, not just EMC and uh, these physics. There's also network topologies that need to be uh, considered. And uh, there's much more to talk about. So thank you, Mike, for being my guest today and sharing your insights about how the innovation of 5G is challenging EMC. And if you wish to learn more about EMC and get the latest input from science and the industry, stay tuned and sign up to the IEEE EMC Society podcast. Thank you, Suzanne. I appreciate being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Mike.